Good morning, Elevate Church. How are we? Good. Happy birthday, Ricky McPherson, who's feeling wonderful this morning. And so you should be. Hey, um, special uh, welcome to those of you here for the first time. Uh, great to see some new faces. And I want you to know that what, what we do and everything our team does to prepare an environment is actually with you as the number one priority in mind. Because we believe that we have a God who's real, that we have a God who loves you. And uh, we hope that in this hour that you spend with us, uh, that you'll get to just ex experience and glimpse a bit of God, His reality and His love for you. Those of you, however, who have been orbiting the church's sphere for any length of time, it's quite plausible that you've heard somebody in some way or some aspect or some scenario make a distinction between, and they use the words, the, the sacred and the secular. Has anyone ever had that kind of, had someone slice and dice? This, these things, we list them under the, the sacred and then we slice and dice and we list all these other things as secular, that, 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 that there's some things that are sacred, they're the, they're the God's things, and then there's some things that are secular, they're the, they're the world's things, the other things. And uh, here's the deal, I, I consider that to be an incredible myth, and I wanna bust that myth, not just in the first uh, couple of sentences, but actually I believe this whole series will play against that myth. The, the myth that there's a distinction between the sacred and the secular, if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and I believe He did, I don't know how He did, I wasn't there, technically, nor was anyone. If you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, then, then there is not a secular molecule in the universe, that everything was created by the hand of God. Here's where, here's where it gets a little bit unclear. Understand the devil, our enemy, he's never actually created anything. In fact, he himself was a creation. So it's, 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 it, this is where it's a myth. We, we can't actually say these things that were created by God, that's the sacred stuff. And then there's this list over here of stuff that wasn't created by God, and that's the secular stuff. If you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, there's not a secular molecule in the universe. However, Whilst the devil can't create, he can distort. He can pervert. He can try and claim things for his plans and purposes. And what God intended for God's plans and purposes, the devil spends his time trying to arm wrestle them over to his plans and purposes. And what our responsibility and what we're charged with is we're charged for actually claiming them back. Anything that the devil's taken or distorted or perverted, we're actually claimed, uh, charged with the responsibility of redeeming that and seeing it restored to its original plan, its original purpose, which was ultimately to bring God glory. That includes our jobs. Because actually, I work, I'm, I have the great honour and the great privilege of actually my full-time paid job is to lead a church. I call myself, jokingly, a professional Christian. And uh, some people think that what I do is holy and what the rest of people do is secular. Some people think that church leaders have sacred jobs and the rest of us have necessary Clark Kent jobs. S some people think that church jobs are a calling 
and all other jobs are just killing time until retirement. And I don't believe that's what God talks about when it comes to our jobs. I've actually met people who've said to me, man, if only I could work for the church, then all of my workplace problems would be solved. (laughs) If only I, man, man, I would love to work for the church because then you just get to worship and pray all day. And I say to them, listen, When you start working for the church, we don't give you a guitar, we give you a job description and a computer. The great news is you don't have to quit your job to be in ministry. You don't have to quit your job to start serving God full time. In fact, my contention is you're already serving God full time. You're already living a sacred calling in the marketplace, in the stage of life that you're in. And I wanna highlight why that matters. Now, some of you, God has called to ultimately give the best hours of your day in a paid capacity, serving Him in a church setting. And some of you know that, and some of you know that I know that because we're having those conversations. There's probably some of you that you, you haven't recognized that calling, but some of you, God will call you to actually orient your life to serving Him in a paid capacity in a church setting. That, that's, that's, that's very, very plausible for some of you, but that's always going to be the minority of us. The majority of us are called to be the church, and just like Elvis, the church has to leave the building. Because understand that a large percentage of the Bible heroes that you and I get to read about didn't actually work for the church. Nehemiah, he was a butler. David, he was a shepherd. And Joseph, for a period of his life, was a manager of a prison facility, Nicolette, and then ultimately became a governor. He got into politics and, and had power over the land, didn't work in the church, yet God used people like them incredibly powerfully. They were called and made for Mondays because you have to recognize you have a ministry on Mondays. You have a ministry in the marketplace, if that's where you're at. You have a ministry in the school. You have a ministry in the university. You have a ministry in your neighborhood. Even stay-at-home domestic CEOs, you have a ministry in your community, you were made for Mondays. Even retirees, which I don't like to call retirees, don't retire, refire, because all of a sudden you find yourself with 40 years of wisdom that our 20-somethings haven't accumulated yet, and it's not their fault, they're just young. And you have far more disposable time that you don't have to schlep to an office, but you can actually use that in the service of the king, self-funded. Self-funded refiree. In fact, maybe start thinking of yourself as a missionary. See, some of us get this. There's a, there's a concept of a traditional missionary, that, that, that's someone that God's called and they would be sent and sent to a place, sent to a country, sent to a region. That, that, that's the, 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 the traditional ministry model. 
And whilst it's still valid, understand you're a missionary. You've actually been sent to a specific people, to a specific place, in a specific time to serve God in that particular setting. There's actually, you read this in the news, we see it. There's actually parts of the world where traditional ministries aren't, missionaries aren't allowed to go into. Some of you would have read about that. Places like North Korea, traditional ministries, missionaries aren't allowed to go into. Places like China, traditional missionaries aren't allowed to go into. Picture this. Picture this if <clears throat> tomorrow morning I walk past your office reception and go and plant myself in a cubicle and I fire up the computer and I start tapping away on the keyboard. Or maybe I turn up and onto your job site and I just grab a paintbrush and I'm dressed in all white, which I've never understood why paint is dressed in all white because it's gonna get dirty straight away. I dressed in all white and I turn up on your job site, I just start cutting in into one of the uh, windows. That'd just be weird. Or, or imagine if uh, you're a teacher, and, but, but what I did is I came into your classroom at 8.30 tomorrow morning and I grabbed the Sharpie pen and I started writing stuff on the board. Or maybe even I started, went into your classroom and I, yeah, okay, don't use the Sharpie pen on a whiteboard. <laughs> it, we have an autocorrect, we had an autocorrect teacher in the front row. Um, <laughs> or maybe I came in and actually sat in one of the students' desks in, in the class. That would just be super, super weird. And you know why it's super weird? Because in those sorts of things, I'm not even allowed to. I'm not allowed into certain settings, but you are. Traditional missionaries aren't allowed into North Korea and China. You already have full access to the setting you're already in. When you turn up into your job tomorrow, no one's gonna think that's unusual. When you go to your university tomorrow, no one's gonna question what you're doing there. Campus police aren't gonna try and usher you off. Creep alert. You're, you're already a missionary on Mondays. You were made for Mondays. There's some, uh, a phrase we use in Eng the English language, famous last words. Well, what about this one? Famous first lines. Some books, some books that have famous first lines. Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. Famous first line, "'Twas the best of times, "'twas the worst of times." Like that. Read the rest, if you like. Uh, most fairy tales have a, the famous first line, "'Once upon a time.'" Do you know there's a book called the Bible? that we believe was the inspired Word of God, and it's actually also got one of the most famous opening lines of all time. In the beginning. Mm. But don't put the handbrake on there. Let me add just the next couple of little bits. In the beginning, God created. The Bible that most of us believe, most of us are hopefully orienting our lives and building our lives on, actually says that God straight out of the gate got busy working. That, that the first thing that God did wasn't roll onto the couch and turn on Netflix. The first thing that God did was get a job. That the first thing that God did was He picked stuff up and He started working. He started producing. He started creating. In the beginning, He took a break, but He didn't take a break on Monday. He took a break on Sunday. Monday, He got busy. He got working. And that's the model for us because God doesn't see work as a bad thing. God sees work as a great thing. It's an opportunity. It's a privilege. Work is a good thing. Having said that, 
not everyone that I've met understands that work is a good thing. Now, I wanna show you something which still messes with my head when I think about it. And, and I'm gonna let it mess with your head a little. Uh, if you've got our uh, Elevate app, you can tap uh, the Bible title. It's gonna take you to this Genesis book. I don't know how many of you read that recently, Genesis. It's gonna take you there. And it's gonna take you to a verse. Uh, here's the backstory of why I'm showing you this. A number of years ago, I was having a meet up with somebody and, and they were uh, complaining about their uh, wife. Okay, that's not why I normally like to meet up with people, but it, it's an occupational hazard, it happens. They're complaining about their wife. They're complaining that their wife didn't want to work. Now, I, I can't give you the whole story, but the, the, the reality is that for this particular household, uh, the kids are at school, Financially, they needed some form of a second income, even if it was just a part-time income. And uh, so they, the arm wrestle in this uh, relationship was that the wife didn't want to go to work. Now, she actually did have a job. She actually had got a job, but she, and she actually liked the job, but she didn't want to go to work. So this is what I'm hearing, right? So I'm messing with my head. She liked the job, but didn't want to go to the job. And I'm thinking, I'm missing something here. This is I'm missing something here. And I'm like, mm, okay. She likes the job, but she doesn't like going to the job. Please explain. They said, well, you know, you know what the Bible says about work. And I'm like, you know, I actually study the Bible for a living, right? But no, I don't think I do know what you think the Bible says at work if the conclusion is that going to work is a bad thing. Like, huh? Help me understand. So they dropped this one. Genesis chapter three, verse 17. Now this is after Adam and Eve had decided to eat the forbidden fruit. To Adam, he said, <clears throat> this is God speaking. To Adam, he said, <clears throat> Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Work is a curse. Work is the result of the curse. Before they ate the fruit and God punished them, they didn't have to go to work but because they ate the fruit, they now have to go to work and that's why my wife doesn't like to go to work because she thinks work is a curse because of this. Listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. It's very important if you wanna live the sort of life that God has promised to actually base your life on his word, it's actually very important. You, you, you can't kind of shortcut this. Therefore, <clears throat> this is the bit that I think my friends missed. Therefore, it's actually important to understand what God's word actually really says about stuff, and especially stuff that matters, like how we spend one third of our working life. So they dropped this. Now, you know, people that, meet with me, they can ask questions, most of them don't. It's weird, but anyway, what do I know, right? 
Had they asked me, what do you think about this, Pastor Mark? Pastor Mark would have said, uh, I think you skipped a bit, pal. I think your wife skipped a little bit. So here's the thing, because I love you, and even though you didn't ask, but I know you would have, had someone shown you this. This is chapter three, verse 17. Adam and Eve have just eaten the fruit. God said, don't eat it, but they did. Silly, silly Adam, silly, silly Eve. Because of that, God actually did punish them because there's actually consequences to disobedience to God. We can't expect to live God's promises out if we actually flip him the middle finger every time we're faced with a decision of whether to do it God's way or our way. There are consequences. This was a consequence. But before that happened, before that happened, God got busy working. One of the things he created was humanity. And he said to them, before this happened, chapter two, just had to back up one chapter. You didn't even have to read the whole Bible. Just one itty bitty chapter. What are you doing? Just reversing up a chapter. I'm glad you did that because in chapter two, verse 15, this is what happened after God had created humanity. Adam and Eve, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. God created Adam and gave him a job, but it wasn't punishment. It was a privilege. It was an opportunity. It was a place where you'll find fulfillment. You'll actually, at the end of the day, say, man, I achieved something. I created something. Just as God started his whole deal by creating something, God's using me to also create stuff. I'm actually being productive. This isn't a curse. Mm. Had they backed up their Bible, it would have changed the game. Now, it's great to love vacations. It's great to love weekends. It's great to love public holidays, but don't become somebody who wishes Mondays were optional because you're made for Mondays. Now, Mondays can be challenging. You'll have targets to meet. You'll experience difficult customers, Rochelle. You'll have to put up with difficult colleagues, difficult bosses. If you're on the job side, there's quotes to prepare. There's classes to teach. There's students to discipline. There's fellow students to tolerate. There's other fellow students to avoid. And some of you in all of this cacophony of, 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 of life and work and Mondays, some of you have found yourself thinking, I bet, if only I could just stay home on Mondays. Well, here's the thing. Stay-at-home parents will tell you this. Stay-at-home parents will tell you that Mondays can be brutal, especially in the days of social media, because you can spend your Mondays having vicious, vicious arguments about breastfeeding versus bottle feeding. You can have, you can have, you can come to fisticuffs in your local coffee shop over whether natural birth or C-section birth is what God wants for you. Things can get ugly. Now, don't even get, don't even get the fellow domestic CEO started on public school versus private school, wait for it, versus homeschool. Oh my God, the world will explode. 
So avoiding the workplace is not gonna solve all your problems. Getting a job in a church is not gonna solve all of your problems. In fact, understanding that you're made for Mondays, that in and of itself may be the game changer for you tomorrow. Even in a job that you don't particularly like, even in a job that's not yet your dream job, you know that God can actually use you in a job that's not actually your dream job? You can actually be a missionary in a, in, a, in a company or a setting, even where it's not your dream. I know this because I live vicariously in the outside world through my wife. She has a Clark Kent job. Monday mornings, I wake her up and I say, baby, wake, pray, and go slay. And off she goes to, 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 the, to, the, to the workplace and she gets, she gets out there. Now, she's now a teacher and I'll come back to that, but, but several years ago, she was working in, a, in an administrative um, uh, school where some of the coolest kids uh, attended. In admin, now, now, she was working in an admin role in a high school. Now, now, those of you that know Louis knows this. Admin's not her thing. It's some people's thing, God bless them, I say, but admin's not her thing. However, for a season of life, that's the job she had. That's the job that God blessed her with. That's the job that God allowed her to go to. And guess what? Guess, you know when your boss asks you to do something, I learned this from her, when your boss asks you to do something that you don't wanna do, don't say to them, well, what am I gonna get for it? Because here's the answer, paid. So Louis would go five days a week to a job that wasn't her dream job, but she went there. She went there. Two things happened. I'll come to the, to the second one later. But one thing happened is she said, God, while I'm there, for the season that I'm there, use me. Use me to connect with teachers, even though I'm not one. Use me to connect with students, even though I'm not one. And she worked in this admin setting, by the way, and just saying, God, use me. Use me for your glory. Use me as a missionary in that particular setting. Use me. Give me opportunities. Give me opportunities to have conversations that are gonna bring you glory. Give, give me opportunities to demonstrate what it's like as an individual following Jesus in that setting. Give me opportunities to connect with people where I'm gonna be able to influence their lives. You know what? Two of the students that were at that school while Louis was in the admin section are sitting on our front row this morning. <laughs> now, now, that wasn't because of Louis. She didn't invite them. They didn't know Louis was here. They were here and Louis popped up on stage and they're like, man, she looks familiar. But if Louis had been a jackass in that job setting for the five years that these guys had been there and they turn up to a church for the first time like ours and see this little Italian, that's, that, that, that would have repelled them. They would not have come back. But the opposite happened. They're like, that's Louis. We love Louis. And that's because for the five years that she was in that job, that wasn't her dream job. She said, God, while I'm there, use me. I'm made for Mondays. Don't just make a dollar, make a difference. Now, the other thing that Louis did in those five years is she took on a course of study that was gonna allow her to move into her dream job. She started studying to become a teacher. And uh, she's, not even, she's not here this morning, by the way, just so you know. Sometimes you can't tell because she's so short if you're at the back. But... Um, <laughs> She's really, uh, she's not here this morning because she's actually at attending her graduation ceremony for a master's in education this morning. She's there. So she had the whole 
thing, the motorboard and the regalia and all that. So that was going on this morning when I'm like, get yeah, I'm trying to, I made for Sunday, sweetheart. This is, anyway. Uh, so she's, so she's, she's um, receiving her master's in education this morning. I used to be the smartest and most qualified person in our house. Nowadays, I'm just glad she hasn't changed the locks. <laughs> but she, she, so she hustled and worked full-time and studied part-time. Rochelle, I keep giving her a shout-out. She's currently working full-time and studying full-time to do the same sort of thing that Louis is doing is while she's in a job, that's not her dream job. She's, and, and saying, I'm still gonna serve God in that setting whilst, because you don't have to get stuck. It's not a life sentence. It's a season providing you position yourself for God to say, okay, I can actually move you from there over time, great. But it's, by the way, it is hard work. I nearly collapsed watching Louis did that. It was tormenting for me, uh, working full-time and studying part-time. Rochelle, she's uh, single and has no time to mingle, so she's, start, she's working full-time plus studying full-time. But, but in a few years, she'll pop out the other end of that experience in a setting that she feels is this thing. So Louis now teaches, uh, she's, and she's teaching at a public school, uh, up in Butler, which if you don't know where that is, nor do I. Um, I just know it's beyond Vespa range, so I, you don't, don't expect to drop in. Hi, honey, I was in the neighborhood. Never in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a public school. So in a public school, you can't, you can't proactively talk about Jesus. And uh, so Louis's like, oh, well, that sucks. I mean, I've got eight hours of my day, five days a week, and the thing I wanna talk about most, I'm glad I'm a teacher and I'm glad I'm able to educate these students, in, but the stuff that they need the most is Jesus. And I'm actually by law forbidden to talk proactively about Jesus. God, and every day, the 30 minute commute up the freeway, God, Louis is like, give me an opportunity today to talk about Jesus. Give me an opportunity today to influence in my school about Jesus. Public school, not allowed to. Well, see, here's the thing. When you start seeing yourself as made for Mondays, when you start seeing yourself as a missionary in your marketplace, your school, your university, there actually will be insights that you'll start to see. There'll actually be opportunities that previously you didn't notice and now all of a sudden you're noticing. When you go onto your college campus, you'll start to see things you didn't see before because you're seeing them through the lens of a missionary. You're seeing them through the lens of someone who's made for Mondays. And so Louis goes to this public school, massive uh, school, not allowed to talk about Jesus. It's number one thing she wants to talk about. And kids keep asking her about Jesus. <laughs> like, like just Miss P, they can't pronounce her last name. We, we, I can't either. Uh, <laughs> Miss P, Miss P, do you believe in God? Uh, yeah. Do you believe in Jesus? Uh, yeah. Why? Now she's allowed to answer that question. It's like, well, Junior, so glad you asked. <laughs> and she doesn't get all weird on them and there's, she's not smacking them over the head with her Bible or anything, but there's, a, there's an opportunity there. But you, you may miss that if you're not aware that you're a missionary made for Mondays in that setting. By the way, you're not allowed to proactively talk to the kids about Jesus, but you are allowed to proactively talk with the teachers about Jesus. Again, don't be weird. Don't be that guy, don't be that girl. 
I wonder why nobody's ever in the lunchroom when I'm here. <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's not that they don't like Jesus. It's that, it's that they don't like you. <laughs> so we're actually building, well, I say we, again, I'm living vicariously. We, Louis, okay, I'll give her all the credit. Louis, Louis, Louis is actually building up a growing list of fellow teachers who are now, since she's started a relationship with them, are now dipping their toes into churches. Again, up in the boonies. I think, I think we're up to three now. And it's only been in, in, in 12 to 18 months. Three teachers who, because of Louis's influence in their life, have said to her, man, you know what? I think I might give this church stick a go. Gang, you're made for Mondays. You're a missionary on Mondays in your university, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. You're made for Mondays. And God's got a lot to say about work, and we're going to teach for three weeks. We're going to talk about what to do when you don't like your job. We're going to talk about just real practical stuff. This is the stuff that we say when you step out of here and leave the building, that on a Monday, this stuff really kicks into gear. There's a lot of things I, I could have finished, and I'm gonna finish on this one. And this is something that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Now, Paul was kind of like an entrepreneurial leader, spiritual father in the early church. And he wrote a letter to a church in Rome. And I'll just drop a slice in there. And I don't know, if you wanna grab your phones and screenshot this, uh, I'd encourage you to do that because this is something that you can just read over the next four weeks. Just, just like have it on loop and just see what God does with this for you. Let's go with that uh, awesome Mac operator, Rachel. So here's what I want you to do. This is Paul, real practical. Romans chapter, uh, when you screenshot it, just notice that that should be chapter 12. Just, just that, that'll matter when you go looking for it in your Bible. That's not chapter two. Again, uh, I'll have a word with our media team later on and, um, and I'll tell myself to stop making typos. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verses one to two, from the message version. This is, I just love this. So gang, so church, so missionary, so student, so worker, so domestic CEO, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God, God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Can I pray for you? Well, I don't need your permission, but you know, <laughs> just be nice. Let me pray for you. I, will, I want to pray for you. And I wanna pray for you because there's a line in there that you need to really make sure is at the core of this. God helping you. That tomorrow when you go into your sphere, whatever that is, uni, school, coffee shop, work, whatever 
the setting that you go into on a Monday, whatever that is, understand that you present yourself and God helps you. Make sure you tap into that help. So God, I pray for us as Elevate Church, God, that we are not just people who access your power for a one-hour experience on a Sundays, but God, we are people who understand that we're missionaries sent into the university, sent into the school, sent into the marketplace, sent into the community, sent into the neighborhood, God, that we have purpose, we, we have power, God, that you wanna use us to redeem anything and everything that was taken, anything and everything that you initially created for your glory, especially the people that, 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 you've, that, that, that we're surrounded by, God, I pray that you cause us to grow in influence in their lives, God, that we will have an openness to your Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us, speaking through us, empowering us. God, that you'll present opportunities to us that we didn't know were coming, but that we'll have, we'll have the eyes of insight to see them when they're coming and to do what you would have us do in those settings. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Fantastic. Thanks, gang. Back for more next week.